I know that Sankovas are here. I know they kind of had moved. I think they'd moved to the Rock for a little while over the COVID time, but I know that they're moving back to Bulgaria. Are they here somewhere? Sankovas were part of this church for many, many years. Faithful members, faithful, faithful just men and a, a, a family that kind of just served in this church. And uh, we really do wish you well as you move on to back to Bulgaria. They are musicians and a voice coach and... He used to be on the, on the uh, professional musician in an orchestra. But we bless you guys, and we thank you for all that you are, and we trust that God will bless you profoundly as you, as you head back to Bulgaria. Let's just give them a huge round of applause. Fantastic. Fantastic. Just, uh, I just thought, I haven't done this for a while, but just a little bit of a building update. Uh, some of you may know we've kind of in the process of trying to renegotiate and work out our lease for the next little while. And um, we've done proposals and counter-proposals, and now we put another proposal in kind of a few months ago. But what's the update? Well, we're still waiting. It's, there's no update. That's the update. We're still waiting. So um, the wheels of state-owned enterprises turn very, very, very slowly. So um, that is, please do continue to pray. We still are continuing to believe God to be here for whatever the, the, the next few years, but we're also trusting God that potentially we would own our own venue somewhere else. That's not a leased venue. So, so please just continue to pray that God would give us wisdom. He would lead us in the right direction, open the right doors into the new season of what God has for us building-wise. And if it is meant to be here, for there to be unbelievable favor, that would, be, that would enable us to be here. So it's, it's kind of very uncertain, and it's quite up in the air. And um, if you're thinking cheapest, Dan, that's quite up in the air. I know it's up in the air. You must know what it feels like to know that it's up in the air. Um, but please just, just continue to pray. God, we know that God knows. God knows the exact time and places where we should live and where we should meet and where we should be. So I'm, not un I'm confident in the faithfulness of God but um, in the waiting is a very tricky part, as you will, many of you will know. So, um, and if you have any, if anything, God speaks to you, God shows you, please come and tell us. Actually, that's part of the way God leading us. It's not, it's not only through me or one of the elders that actually God will, God will speak, but God will, God will speak to us. So please do keep us in prayer and please keep trusting God for what he has for us into, in, into the future for our, for our building. But uh, this morning, I'm, I'm, we continue in our series on He Is, and uh, this morning I want to talk about He Is Friend. He Is Friend. And um, I want to describe this morning what it means for God to be a friend, but I'm actually the kind of friend that God, wants to, that God is, is the kind of friend He wants us to be to others. And so I actually want to talk about what it means to what it means to be a good friend. What does a biblical friend look like? What does it mean, according to the scriptures, what does a friend mean? And um, in life you'll have many fans, you'll have fans and you'll have foes, but you won't have many good friends. And probably the least spoken about relationship in the church from the pulpit is friendship. And uh, what happens is we take our friends for granted if we've got good friends, and or we battle to make good friends. And uh, what I'm, I am sensitive today as, we, as I talk about this, some of you are battling, you're lonely, you want good friends. 
and you stand, you're going to say, stand 100%, but, but, I, but I, I, I haven't got a friend like that. But I want to encourage you, Jesus is your friend like that. So you have got a friend like this. Number two, Jesus is a friend that you can commune with and talk to and pray for good friends and position yourself for good friends. And I will kind of get to that as we, as we journey through what I want to say this morning. Friends, we have social media. And just because Facebook calls you a friend, that's not a friend, just so you know. Do I have to say that? I'm sure anybody knows Instagram followers are not your friends. They will dump you, criticize you, tune you, tell you to move along very quickly. We also kind of have experienced selfish friendships where, 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 you, where you realize this person actually was friends with me for what they could get from me. You know, selfish friendship. You have a boat, I like to ski. I become your friend, close friend, so we can go skiing. But as soon as you sell your boat, mm, yeah, maybe not so much friendship anymore. Now, you might have experienced some of that, and I'm kind of being dramatic in the extreme of that, but there's different degrees of what that looks like. None of that is what the Bible talks about as being a friend. What we're probably more familiar with when it comes to friendship are functional friends. And when I say functional friends, I'm talking about it's kind of stage of life friendship. So you're all having babies, and so you connect with people that are all having babies. Or um, what about common interest friends? Uh, different, different interests, different things. We like surfing, so you have your surfing mates. Or, or can I say we even have workplace mates? Now, many of those are, are friendships, but they're not the kind of friendship I'm talking about that we all need and the kind of friendship that Jesus wants to be to us. Those are, those are functional friendships. Those are friendships that because you are working together or because you're doing something together, you, you kind of go along and you, and you kind of create friendship. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about those sorts of relationships, not as friendships, but as companionship. And, he's, and he makes it clear in his book, The Four Loves, he says, the, those, become the, those sorts of friendships or those, those sorts of relationships become the matrix for which deep friendships are actually formed in. And so what happens is you leave, the, you leave the, your job or your, or your business, even the church, and you go somewhere else, and you think, I thought we were friends, and they didn't even phone me. No, they weren't your friends. They were functional friends. They were companions. You, you had some common things that you were doing together. Jesus, in John chapter 15, verse 12, says this about friendship. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, to lay, lay down one's life for one's friend. Oh, so friends are, the kind of friends is to lay your life down for. This is what Jesus did for us. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know my master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you 
and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So Jesus talks about this friendship where the friend lays his life down for us. But more than that, actually this friend has a deep connection with this person that actually reveals his life to them. He makes everything that he knows of the Father known to us. This is the kind of friendship that Jesus has. This is the kind of friend that Jesus says Moses was. Uh, uh, the kind of friend that Jesus wants us to be and, and is to us, is, to put it this way, the kind of friend that Jesus wants us to be is the kind of friend that he is to us. We see through the scriptures that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. It was friendship. We also see John the baptizer saying this, the bride belongs to the bridegroom in John chapter th uh, 3. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater, I must become less. So John, who was a relation, was a cousin of Jesus by family, but also was his friend, and he was a friend, he was such a good friend that he would say, no, I must, you must become more, I must become less. You see the kind of friends that the Bible took. Peter, James, and John were Jesus' friends. Now he had 12, but something between Peter, James, and John and Jesus was different to the 12. Jesus had the three, he had the 12, he had the 70 or 72, and he had the crowds. Jesus was always friendly. Now listen, we've always got to be friendly. But friends, 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 is a very rare thing to have. Good friends are good, is a very rare thing to have in this life when you understand what I'm talking about. Peter, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the mountain twice. One to the, and he revealed himself in the Mount of Transfiguration. He also took him when he was praying, praying on the mountain, saying, God, I know what faces me, but Lord, I, do I have to do this? Do I have to face the cross? Three times he goes back to the three of them there. He says, listen, this is my thing to deal with. So it says he, he moves a distance away from them as he's gone up the mountain, Mount of Olives, to pray. He leaves the three of them behind. He says, please, just, if you don't mind, if you can just keep watch. Goes and prays, Lord, sweating blood. Comes back to them. They're sleeping. Please, guys, can you not, I just, this, is, this is proper. Can you please just watch? And also, can you just pray for yourselves that you don't get led into temptation? Please. Prays, comes back, sleeping again. Does it three times. Now listen, they were his friends. They were his inner circle. They weren't great friends to Jesus. This is amazing. Jesus will always be a better friend to you than you will be to, to him. That is the grace and the mercy of God. Always. So what is this kind of friendship, biblical friendship? Before I get into these four areas, you need to know this. And this is how you make good friends as well. Is the kind of friends we're looking for 
are the kind of friends you need to be. The kind of friends you're looking for is the kind of friends you need to be. Nothing happens in the kingdom of God without sowing, including friendships. I remember I was in grade one, and uh, you know what it's like, grade one, you don't know, clueless, you kind of, I was a bit like on my own, what's happening, whole bunch of people you don't know. I sat, sat next to uh, uh, somebody, and I said to him, bro, can you be my friend? He said, yeah, sure, and he ended up being my best man. So that lasted. But friends don't normally work like that, just by the way. I'm not using that as an example of how to get a friend. That's how to chase away a friend. Please, can you be my friend? Uh, are you going to put a rabbit in a pot, or what are you going to do? It's, it's, friendships are beautiful things, and when you get given them, you need to treasure them. You'll have many acquaintances, you'll have many fans, and you'll even have many foes, but you don't have many good friends. So what are the four characteristics the Bible talks about when it talks about a good friend? Number one is this, a consistent friend. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says this, The one who, is, who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a, there's a friend that is closer than biological connection, than blood. It's quite strange that the Bible would even say that. Jesus is that for us. He's closer than a brother. He is our brother, but he's closer than our family. When the chips are down, friends, a consistent friend is there. This is the kind of friend that we want and we want to be. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says this, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You see, friend, the kind of friend I'm talking about here, consistent friend, you see, companions are there because you do stuff together. But a consistent friend, a friend that is there when the chips are down, they don't say this, if you need anything, call me. They're just there. How often do we say that? If you need anything, please call. Now, listen, it's not wrong to say that, but I'm taught, and, I'm, and, and not everybody can be this kind of friend to us, and this is what I'm getting at. But friends, we need probably two or three, like Jesus had, of people that you don't have to ask, should I be there? You just there, you pitch. A consistent friend. Even when it costs them. Even if it costs them, if, even if it means a flight to somewhere because they know you're in deep trouble, they will be there. That's the kind of friend I'm talking about that the Bible talks about is a consistent friend, a good friend, a friend that is there. The third thing, it's a kind of friend, second thing, sorry, but the, it's a kind of friend that will never let you come to ruin because they're there. You're everything in their power to make sure that you don't come to ruin. The second thing about a, about a good friend and the kind of friend that Jesus is, remember, Jesus is a consistent friend to us. He is always there and he always runs to our aid. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't punish us. He runs to help us. We need to embrace his friendship in that moment. Number two, careful friends, 
Consistent friends, careful friends. Proverbs 25 verse 20 says this, Like the one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. You see, this is when somebody comes with the exact, you need, your, you need this, you need something, you're grieving. They don't come and sing songs over you. They come and mourn and grieve with you. That's what, he say, that's what it's saying here. It's saying it's like a vinegar, it doesn't come and pour, uh, pour vinegar on a wound. It doesn't sing, to, sing songs to a heavy heart. There's an empathy, there's a connection with that person where you know what they need and when they need it. And it's not an inappropriate sowing at that moment or giving at that moment. Because that can make it worse. You come with your... Uh, sometimes people need a up when they're grieving and when they're down. They need somebody to come up and say, come on, they need love. But they also need somebody to just sit with them and be with them and not say anything and just cry with them. It's a careful friend. You know what you need and when you need it. Proverbs 27 verse 14 says this, If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Good friends, know when you're sleeping. Sleeping time now. It's so important in these moments, and I always, when I talk, when I, when I speak about marriage, when we engage with each other, when I talk about careful, there's four M's that, we've got to be care- that, we, that we think about before when we engage with somebody. The first M is this, the manner. The manner in which you, you connect with people is important. The tone that you use. The peace with which you come, the manner with which you do speak to somebody is incredibly important. The motive. Why are you actually doing this? You, you have the wrong manner and the wrong motive. Normally by then the person's out of there because they can pick up the motive. Is it about me or is it about you? Manner. And, and husbands and wives. Manner. So Natalie will always say to me, tone. Meaning my manner's not good right now. Like, how's the tone right now? You're getting a bit like... <sighs> manner, motive, moment. The right moment. It's probably not a good idea to have a deep conversation when you've had a full day and you're both exhausted. And you want to kind of bring something up. Not a good idea. And then the message, what you say. How you say it, what you say it, when you say it, and why you say it is absolutely key. And a friend has got you gauged around that. A true friend. Number three is an honest friend. So a consistent friend, a careful friend, and an honest friend. Proverbs 27 verse 5 to 6 says this. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. See, a good friend speaks truth to you. With manner, motive, all those things. But is able to speak truth to you. Friends, 
If somebody is flattering you and not speaking truth to you, they're not a good friend. And if you're doing that, you're not a good friend to that person. If that's the kind of relationship that you have. You see, a good friend has words that are painful to hear and say. A good friend is able to say words that are painful to hear by you, but also painful for them to say. It's not just a glib thing. Self-righteous, judgmental. Good friends are treasures, friend. If you've got one or two or three people that can speak honestly to you, you will keep growing in God. I'm not talking, you know what we are? We're like icebergs, 10% above, 90% below. And there's a book written, hey, The Last 10%, about bring out the last, you're honest to a point, but what about the last 10%? Friends, I don't know what world they're living in. Most people are 90% under the table. And God wants to get into the deep recesses of our hearts. And a friend, somebody that walks closely with you, can see you, observes you, loves you, and actually can speak honestly to you to break up the 90% underneath is a good friend. Proverbs 29 verse 5 says this, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. He creates a trap for him. So somebody that, that flatters your friend, you're creating a trap for him to fall into. You're not helping them. Not a good friend. Proverbs 28, 23 says this, lots of Proverbs about friendship. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than, than he who flatters with his tongue. You think it's going to mess your friendship up, but actually it strengthens your friendship when you're honest. With the right manner, with the right motive, with the right message. If you cannot speak honestly or you cannot receive honesty from a friend, you're not friends. You're not good friends. You're, you're, you're more companions. You're more friends. You, you're kind of that kind of... You see, men do this easily. Women are kind of a little bit more vulnerable and open with this. Men surround themselves with companions, not friends. Golfing buddies, drinking buddies, Gym mates, work mates, but no really good friends. And so what happens is we live surface and we never allow God to get into the deepest parts of our heart. Question today, have you got good friends? And can I also say, when you get married, as couples, you need to have good friends. When you're in trouble, you need to know that you can go to somebody and they'll speak honestly to you. And have these characteristics, consistent, careful, honest. Which leads me to my next, oh, I love this, before I move there. A good friend allows you to be yourself, but never lets you off the hook. A good friend allows you to be yourself, he doesn't judge you, but never lets you off the hook. Somebody else said this, a friend always lets you in, but never lets you down. Friend always lets you in, but never lets you down. An honest friend. The fourth kind of friend that we want is a wise friend. Consistent, careful, honest, and wise. Notice all of these have got nothing to do with personality. 
It's got to do with maturity. It's got to do with wisdom, God's wisdom. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says this, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Heartfelt advice. Good friends know how to give good advice. Proverbs 11.13 says this, A gossip always betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Friends, you want friends that you can tell anything to knowing that it will never go further than that conversation. That's a wise friend. That's what it says in that Proverbs. But a gossip betrays a confidence, but a, trust, a trustworthy person keeps a secret. A good friend knows you, 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 when, you, when you're having a deep conversation with somebody, an intimate one that would actually expose this person, their weakness or whatever it is, it's holy ground. You don't spray it all over the town. It's a holy moment and a holy ground right there. See, good friends can keep secrets, can keep, um, what's the word, confidences. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Wise, able to sharpen without hurting, without bludgeoning. We talk about brutal honesty. I don't know if that's a kingdom thing. Honesty is meant to be loving honesty. Speak the truth in love, not brutal. Lose all your friends if you're brutal all the time. No, have, have no friends. If Jesus was brutal with us, imagine. Imagine. He's not. He's loving, kind, honest, and wise. And speaks to us. And we have a choice to respond or not. Jesus is an amazing friend. And if you don't know Jesus, become friends with him. And maybe you know Jesus, but you haven't transitioned your relationship to a friendship with him. Let him be consistent. Let him be careful. Let him be honest. And let him be wise in your life. And be the friend that you want to be to others. Iron sharpening iron, friends, just by the way, kind of, when this kind of, when I first heard about this text, iron sharpens iron, it was almost like hey, we had to have a meeting and woof, we're going to sharpen the iron now. You, you know how iron, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a moment where you, you're honest and you can talk, obviously. But you know how iron sharpens iron mostly in life? Just in life. Just in the conversation. Just in the observation. Just in the, in the, in the specific things that we do, you, you, when you're with good friends, you, you listen to them and you're watching them and they urge you on and they're sharpening you as you walk with Jesus. We need wise friends, friends. We need wise friends. Make sure you've got some wise friends. You need wise counsel in your life all the time. When you're making big calls, you need wise counsel. Not clever counsel, wise counsel. From heaven, counsel. The thing that changes our hearts and changes the very internal of the, the iceberg is the wisdom of God. Not the cleverness of man. And it's normally very simple. 
Trusted friends are a rare, rare gift. It's a rare, rare gift. If you've got those sorts of friends, treasure them and invest in them. Don't take them for granted. If you haven't got friends like that, start to become a friend like that and allow God to knit hearts. And if it doesn't work out, don't get cross with them. Look at everything I've done for you and I've got nothing back. So why were you doing it? To get something back? Oh, oh, so you weren't being a good friend. You were actually wanting, you were using them, you were wanting something. I tell you what, if we, if we knew how to have friends, our walk with God, we had those friends in our life, man, our walk with God would be profoundly influenced. Now, this kind of a friend that we're talking about, obviously, you can't have too many of them. This is a huge investment of time. This is a huge investment of emotional energy. To be able to laugh and cry and walk and talk. Part of these friendships, friends, I mean, I've been running with Mark Wilson now for 20 years. By the grace of God, I don't know how we've done that. But on those, on those, those runs, we talk about deep things. We talk about God. We talk about the gospel. Talk about our weaknesses. Talk about our challenges. Since I came to Glenridge, God has put profound friends in our lives that will tune me, that will talk to me honestly. We met the Spooners when we first came to Glenridge in our first home group. And they've become those friends to us instantly. Somehow God put us together. We went as marrieds without, I don't know if you remember the Spoons, married without kids, we went to a sexuality series with Rory and Maritzburg. That's how I met Paul. How they, I'm Stan. I, I'm also an engineer. I'm also an engineer. And God has knitted us together over years. And now our kids together over years. Profoundly rare gift. You guard those friendships. You fight for those friendships. Because you don't get many. And there are people sitting here that are saying, Hey Lord, I wish I had some like that. I believe God wants to give you some. And I'm going to pray that God will give you. Time is limited and irreplaceable. Make sure that you're prioritizing good friendships. Tim, Tim Keller said this, wise people are good at choosing, forging, and keeping friendships. When you are liberated to be the friend you need to be by the great friendship of Jesus on the cross, then you will find yourself getting paradoxically all the friends your heart needs. Let me read that again. Wise people are good at choosing Forging and keeping friendships. Wise people. So if you want a wise friend, be a wise person. Ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God. Get before God. Get with your friend who is a much better friend to you than you will ever be and allow him to make you a good friend. Wise people are good at choosing, forging, and keeping friendships. When you are liberated to be the great friend you need to be by the great friendship of Jesus on the cross, then you will find yourself getting paradoxically all the friends your heart needs. Basically, be the friend 
you want to be, and your relationship with Jesus deepens your ability to do that. Pray for good friends. Pray for good friends. Jesus is the greatest friend we could ever have. He's totally consistent. He's always there. He's always careful and measured and appropriate with the strength of his words. He is always honest when he speaks. And he always brings the wisdom of heaven to our lives when we, when we will hear it. We can't be good friends without him. We can't truly be biblically good friends without the friend that is Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. Deepen your friendship with him, number one. And then pray for, for those that haven't got friendships like this. Pray and ask God as, he, as you deepen your friendship with him that he would be, you would be able to friend, be the friend that you would want to have and God would send you some friends. And those of you that have got good friends, pay attention to them. Don't neglect them because they're a very, very rare gift to you. Bless you. Father, I ask you that you would that you would come upon us, Lord, and help us to be good friends. I pray that you would deepen our friendship with you, Jesus, in a profound way. I pray, Lord God, that you would add to us good friends. For couples, I pray that you'd add to us good friends that can help us with our marriages, help us with our walk with you, help us with our children. Help us to all be friendly to one another all the time. But help us to forge deep friends, Lord God. In your amazing name, amen. Bless you guys.